Yo, yo, welcome back to the Audio Theory Podcast. If you're new to the channel, please hit the subscribe button as well as the like button. What's good, Danny? How have you been? I've been great, dude. Uh, a week back from uh, San Miguel, Mexico, celebrating you. How are you feeling officially being married? Like, the shit's done. Like, we can move on with our lives now. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I feel like I've been married already. Uh, I've been with my <laughs> girl for 10 years, so... It's not that much different, but it feels a little more official now. Still recovering like we were just discussing, but uh, it was a beautiful event overall. Beautiful event, dude. I, I, uh, at the venue, I was like, oh, it makes sense why we're here. Because I was like, what the fuck yeah. is San Miguel? <laughs> um, but that being said, we'll catch up about that later on another episode. But super excited. Uh, let the people know who we got on as special guest this evening. Yes, sir. We got Matt Young hailing from Montreal, I believe. Yes, Pleasure sir. to have you. Thank you for joining. Obviously, love your music and are excited to talk about your journey and all you, all the things you got in the work. So uh, excited to, to have you on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Likewise. So it's funny, man. You're the fourth Canadian artist we've had on. So Let's like, go. I think we're, we're fucking big in Canada right now, bro. <laughs> Let's go, man. We got to put Canada on. That's awesome. Dude, if you don't, Matt, uh, Matt, if you don't mind, sorry, uh, like how'd you come across our pod in the first place? Like what made you want to reach out? So I found you guys through uh, the interview you guys did with Joey Charette. Nice. As soon as I saw him post a clip, I watched the episode and I just loved what you guys, you, what you guys do. And then I went and looked back on all the other content and I'm like, yo, these guys are working. My you God. guys have been at it. And I really, I really love the conversation you had with Joey. It was really good. And, uh, yeah, that's that's how I found you guys, and then I reached out uh, shortly after, just kind of giving you guys your praise on on the work you put in. Awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. We appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate the love, and obviously, again, we're big fans of yours. Uh, not saying that we're blowing up to any level, but uh, we definitely appreciate your music. So we're like, oh no, we're definitely gonna have this guy on. So uh, appreciate uh, it. The love is definitely mutual for sure. Um, so again, like the Joey one I mentioned before, we love to do a couple icebreakers, let everyone get loosened up a little bit. You know take the uh, rust out for us as well. So uh, Blair, a couple, uh, couple questions for our guy. Perfect. I'll start it off with a, a funny one. If if you are a wrestler or a boxer, what would be your entrance theme song? Entrance That's theme solid, song. Dude. That's a good question. My entrance theme song. I'd have to go with something crazy. Like, uh, <laughs> would be a good song. I'm trying to think of something like, you know what? I'd actually come out to like some left field type shit. I come out to like Beyonce's Halo. Fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> that would be super dope, you know actually. Because I mean? like on, on the like the subject of wrestling and shit, like in UFC, there's this fighter named uh, uh, Tai Tuavasa, and he comes out to like Barbie Girl and all this crazy shit, and then he like he pulls off like the most deadliest like, you know, psychology, basically. Yeah. You, you got to come out to like some some left field type shit and make them think you're soft and then you just yeah. when it's go time it's go time i like that strategy yeah. good one that's solid that's i'll solid. write that one down yeah, yeah. I become a <laughs> <laughs> all right matt for me question for you um obviously we took a deep dive in your videos uh, a lot of alcohol consumed well we'll talk about that later so if you had a choice <laughs> uh preference uh are we drinking what's your favorite liquor or are you a uh, more of a beer guy you know what? I'm I'm a very picky drinker, and my it's funny. My cousin, who's like my my video director and my creative director, he always like points that out in me. I'll have <laughs> these like I'll have these runs where I'll be like I'm only drinking this, and I'll ride that out for like three months until I get sick of it, and then I'll jump back on something else. So when it comes to beer and liquor, I'm right down the middle. Mm. Right now, 
right now it's a beer vibe. Yeah. Are you uh, a specific beer that we would know of, or is like some like IPA? Shit? I'm pretty simple with it, you know, Bud Light, Budweiser, Corona, stuff like that. I don't really yeah. dive into like IPA and stuff because like IPA, I feel like it's like you're consuming a full meal when you drink an IPA. Yeah, I feel yeah. It's, on that one. It's a bit much, you know what I mean. So right now yeah. it's uh, it's beer, but ju just to shed light on the other side, it's when I am <laughs> drinking like liquor, I'm a I'm a vodka soda kind of guy. Pretty pretty simple and basic, but. Vodka soda, splash a bit of lemon and lime, I'm good to go. Oh, dude, yeah, that sounds delicious. Uh, for me, I think everyone can attest that Blair's wedding, we actually almost ran out of tequila at some point. Uh, yeah. Dude, tequila, have you ever switched tequila later on? Tequila, tequila is a no-go for me. <laughs> I had tequila was one night in my life, and I and I broke up with tequila forever. Really? It was a, it was a night where I drank way too much in a, in a very small window, mm. and... It's. I'm at the point now where when I smell tequila, oh, it's, it makes it, I. It's, it it's literally the something. one and it's the one and only liquor that is no fly zone for me anymore. That's <laughs> wild. I'm God. actually. I feel the same way about like vodka, dude. Like I could never do like a vodka shot. Like I would throw up before I even take a sip of it. Like it's same. Like, certain vodka certain memories have you barred from certain liquors. It's like yeah. I feel that. I feel that. For me, dude, like my liquor drink is um, tequila seltzer. A splash of pineapple juice with a lemon wedge, bam. That shit is delicious, dog. Like, crazy. You know, when, when it's in some reason. sort of, like, concoction and, and mix, I think I might be able to, like, yeah, yeah, maybe get my I, feet like, a little bit wet. Tequila. Yeah, yeah when we're talking shots or sipping tequila, I'm, I am <laughs> I am out. You're done? Fair, fair, fair. I'm a, I'm a tequila drinker because, uh, well, I, I heard it was, it's the only upper out of, like, the, the different spirits. Oh, that makes um, sense. That so for sense. me, when I'm going out at night, at least I'm like, well, I don't want to go to sleep, and I'm not going to drink coffee right now. So I'll have <laughs> tequila, but um, it definitely is an acquired taste. Um, and if you've had it before and had a bad experience, I totally understand how you're just like, forget that. I'm not even going to touch it. Yeah. It definitely um, had me on and up for a while, but it was, the, it was <laughs> one of the most incredible crashes. <laughs> there was a doubt. There was a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what's something you enjoy doing that people might not expect? I would say fishing. Me and my crew were big, we're big into fishing. Like we take it serious. We got like like different tiers of tackle and bait, fishing rods, like we're serious with it. So every summer me and my like my team of guys that I do my music shit with, we'll we'll go fishing like every other weekend at least. Sometimes multiple times in like a week. So I'd say oh, uh the sport of fishing is, is something that I'm big on that many people don't really know about. Uh, like why though? Is it just the camaraderie or like just an excuse to like drink and be outdoors? Yeah, it's just it's just the like the sport of it, being with the with the with the fam and the crew, having fun, drinking a couple of beers, and you know, shooting the shit. It's it's a good like it's a good way to bring people together, kind of thing. So yeah. it's, it's a lot uh, of waiting too, right? Uh, dep depends when you go. Like usually, like where I live there's certain lakes in the summer where it's like every other cast you're, you're getting a bite. So it, it's, it's pretty fun if you're like a new fisher, because if you're new to fishing, you don't want to go out on the water all day and be like, Oh, I got no bites. Like it sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? So where I live, I'm lucky to have like a body of water where it's, it's pretty frequent. So it makes it more fun. Nice. Yeah. So that's definitely once. something that's a bit more low key for me being a, being an old fisherman. So. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah, I've, I've only gone a couple times, but um, 
once was in in Jamaica, and that one that trip was pretty successful. But uh, I went recently with my my uh, now wife and her family, and we were out there for like five hours. Didn't get one nibble. I was just in the the, the I don't know what area you call it, not the cockpit, but the where you hang out when you're not getting shit, basically. And I was just eating food and drinking. I'm like, I guess this is just really an excuse to drink all day. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes when you go out for a fishing trip, you you drink more beers than you catch fish. But that's just the that's the part of the game, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't nice. gone fishing since I was like seven years old, so I'm gonna have to try that shit like soon. But definitely a good time. To, any excuse to go on a boat. Um, I got one that probably relates to your music a bit. Um, at least the theme of like the most recent EP, which again I loved. Um, if you had a choice to change something in the past or just see ahead to the future, what would you choose and why? Something I could change. I would say uh like not documenting the journey. That's something that I wish I would have done a little bit more of. Actually document the journey? Yeah, because I've been doing music for like a long time now. Like in terms of even behind the scenes stuff, it's been almost 13 years for me. Oh, wow. Nice. So I wish I would have been like, you know, had the had the camera rolling and I kind of kind of had that realization like after watching the Kanye the documentary. documentary. I knew you were going to yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I'm like, not only do they have footage, but it just shows how much they had that camera rolling which was like it, it blew me away so mm -hmm. i wish if i could change some things like go back to like the the 2009 mm. version of myself and just have somebody there in the trenches with a with a camera kind of capturing everything yeah i can feel that dude. i feel like we also like uh blair and i have spoken on the pod like it's just cool like even if this never blows up touch on what it does like it's just cool we have documentary of like some crazy ass times in our lives and we have it on like you know film or you know digital whatever and i feel like people appreciate that kind of thing like when you look at so many different artists like even like uh early uh machine gun kelly he was doing like this series called kelly vision and there's so many different artists that have been filming for like the last 10 years and it it connects people that much more. It really plays into the fandom of things. So it's definitely something I wish it would have done a little bit more, but we got the cameras rolling now. So that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah dude, we exactly. were just talking about that before. So uh, like, I, we, I think we both appreciate, like you just have so much content online. Like sometimes like, again, our goal with this pod, especially the interview series is like really just put like, again, your fans who maybe don't know the in the depths of you, like give you them more perspective, but also putting more people on, but like, Usually there's not much content on these newer artists, right? So it's just dope that you have like so many fucking videos out like that shit is like fire. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I try to provide as much as I possibly can and just, you know, be an open book at all times because I feel like other than the music, people can benefit from, you know, what you give them outside of just like songs. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So kudos to you. And obviously, hopefully this is uh, helps propel you. And obviously, you have a long career after this. So they can look back at this interview like, oh, that was a dope moment 10 years ago. So definitely excited about that. Uh, Blair, one more. We'll get we'll get into the uh, the meat of this. Perfect. I'll make sure this one's good. Um, let's see. Would you... Actually, for if you had to have one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? I know this off the top because I had it the other day and I was like telling myself how much I appreciate it. Medium rare steak, garlic, mashed potatoes, asparagus. Ooh, that's, oh, that's not a bad choice. It's, Solid. I I have it like once a week at least. It's just, it's my it's my go-to meal. I love it. That If I had to eat that every single day, I can like, I can assure you I would never get sick of it. 
right. You said you said medium rare. Yeah, medium rare steak, garlic, garlic mashed potatoes, asparagus. You get a little healthy veggies in there, some protein. So yeah, nice balance. It, it can whole work food, into the life pyramids right there. Yeah, yeah that, looked, that, that looked solid. Uh, Blair, how about you? What would it be a, your like go to like? I think my girlfriend has like a phrase like your it makes you happy meal. Like, what is your like meal cup? For me, honestly, I'd I'd have to say, I think I said this before too, but probably dim sum. Like, I don't know what it is, but literally every single time I get it, I'm like, I can eat this shit for the rest of my life. Similar to how you feel about steak and mashed potatoes. Um, So I have to go with dim sum. Dim sum's the one that comes like in little containers, right? You keep like opening it. Yeah, it's like like a bunch of little dumplings. Yep. Assortment. Yep. Yeah. Dude, for me, because I just had it the Sunday after when we got back from the wedding, because I was like, bro, I need a pick me up or something. Bro, so we have, uh, Matt, just we have like a famous uh, grocery store in South Florida called Publix. So yeah. they, they have like pub subs, so they make their own sandwiches. So it's a foot long on Italian bread, chicken tender sub. They toss the chicken tenders in buffalo sauce, mayonnaise, chipotle gouda cheese, ranch dressing on top after the sandwich is already heated up, and then onions. <laughs> Dog. Damn, every, you got me rethinking my meal now. Bro, every <laughs> fucking bite is like insane like it was so like my girl saw me like enjoying that so much like can i have a bite and i'm like absolutely not bro like you this is not the share <laughs> i asked you what you wanted dog like you ain't having a bite of this so yeah Damn, that, out to pub subs. that sounds fire that fire like i said it's got me rethinking my my choice now that's crazy yeah, I've been, I I've, go back dude, to I've been like perfecting for it for like 10 years i'm like well let me remove the onions let me add this i'm like bro like i have it to like a tea right now <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's get into it, man. We appreciate you sharing some insight, man. Again, super happy to have you on. So, again, obviously, we know you go by Matt Young. Let the people know a little bit about yourself. A quick summary, and we'll jump into everything else. Yeah, I'm a songwriter, recording artist, uh, born and raised in Toronto. I reside in Montreal, and uh, I guess the best way to sum me up is I'm somebody that puts my thoughts, feelings, and experiences on wax, and I'm the artist that kind of represents the underdog and, uh, you know, the kid in the basement with uh, that $100 setup trying to make it. Just uh, the the voice of the underdog, really. I, I think that's the best way to, to put me. Awesome, dude. I, I appreciate that. I didn't, I didn't realize you were also, so were you born and raised and then like moved like when you're like recently to uh, Montreal? Like what's your setup there? Yeah, so I've been living in Montreal for about six years now. I, I lived in Toronto my whole life and I made the move six years ago to uh, work more closely with my cousin. Because okay. my cousin is the is the person behind all of my videos and pretty much everything visual. And I would always do like uh, weekend trips out to Montreal. I catch a Greyhound for like 30 bucks. And I would always do uh, back and forth like round trips. And it got to the point where I knew I was taking music serious. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to move out there hmm. and, you know, get a job, be closer to my cousin so we could work on like a daily basis. So I, I pretty much made the move for the greater good of the grind. And so it's been the like last six, seven-ish years that I've been out here like consistently. Amazing, dude. Nice. And what's been uh, uh, like the most obvious difference between just the vibe in Toronto and Montreal? Like from any, it could be music or just like life in general. I would say the the pace of the city because in Toronto, it's like a mini New York. So mm. everybody is more kind of like hustle and bustle at all times because to live in Toronto, you got to make like crazy paper. If you want to live anywhere close to like the downtown core, I feel like in in Montreal, it's a bit more, you know, it's a bit cheaper rent, laid back. It's more like, uh, it's less flashy. You know, I always say like Toronto's kind of like the flashy clubs and dress up vibe and Montreal's more like pubs and, you know, kind of gutter bars and kind of just, 
more of that go with the flow type energy. So I'd say the the pace in the city is way different. Hmm. Nice. And do you do you see yourself uh, staying out there for the the meanwhile, or do you see yourself being like some other artists who are like, oh, I need to move to California to like, you know, make it and propel my career and and whatnot? Yeah, I think with the power of the internet, it, it, moving is not really that much of a necessity as it once was. But in terms of just staying here in general, I always see myself kind of moving around. Like even when I'm in one city, I move to like different neighborhoods and stuff. I'm always kind of moving around. So I think I would say the end goal for me, like when things like really pop off, I would love to kind of take it back to my city, like to my hometown. But you never know. I'm kind of, I'm a spontaneous kind of guy. So in six months, my my mind could be in a whole different place. But yeah, he's in, fucking Ohio in regards to like at least <laughs> taking myself to other places for different periods of time, I definitely see that for nice. sure. Nice. And what what? Uh, no, I was just gonna say what um, what was that one moment where you th- said to yourself, "I want to." write songs or make music I, I know you mentioned you you were taking things seriously with your cousin and and whatnot but what was that i guess uh first spark what was that moment like so the first time i ever wrote anything it was like in 2007 and to be honest there was no like deeper meaning behind it i was just writing like raps in my class because i was not down to pay attention in class <laughs> you know what i mean and I was just I was just writing about you know random shit as a teenage kid, and I didn't think much of it. But what really kind of pushed me into a serious direction where I actually wanted to like publicly showcase it would uh, would be seeing Asher Roth kind of come into light because before Asher Roth kind of like uh, had his moment in like 08, 09, mm-hmm. I was a bit intimidated to like record and put anything out because. Before that, being being a, a white rapper usually was you had to be like kind of hard, you know, because the only person to live up to that standard is like Eminem right. coming from some crazy background. You know what I mean? Right. So there wasn't anybody really filling the gap of just speaking from someone who didn't come from a very rough background. And then Asher Roth comes out and he's this suburban kid that shows, hey, as long as you're being yourself, you can kind of just put yourself out there and that that gave me a bit of the spark to to be like you know what maybe i'm gonna record my stuff and actually put it out mm. so i would say asher roth kind of kind of put the the wheels in motion for me to actually say you know what take take a risk on yourself and as long as you're being yourself you don't have to be this person with some rugged crazy backstory you know what i mean yeah. so i would say he was the artist and that was like the moment in time that made me want to kind of just put myself out there publicly and kind of go for it That's awesome dope. man yeah Asheroth is super talented like like high key like talented like no one really talks about him anymore um it's funny he actually came to my fraternity when i was at university of miami and just like smoked with us and it was just like oh, for real huh bro you have like a number like a top 30 single out right now you're just like vibing with a bunch <laughs> of frat boys i was like what the fuck and, is and it's up? crazy I mean, he's got to live up to that too, song too. i love college right exactly <laughs> And just like where he's kind of went from there, like he was kind of, you could tell at that moment he was doing that music to get on, but it wasn't really where his heart was because mm-hmm. he went on a whole different trajectory after. He he started making the music he wanted to make and 
Like he stepped away from Scooter Braun and people that could have turned him into that like mainstream, almost like pop rap kind of act. But, mm -hmm. you know, I respect him for, you know, just following his, his heart and his gut and, and doing what he wanted to. And I still, you know, I still follow him to this day and he's, he's got a pretty solid career for himself. He can tour, he can put out the music he wants and you can tell he's, he's living the life he, he wants and he's at peace with that, which is hella respectable. Facts, yeah, yeah. So for you though, like to that point, how, so you always started like in 07, like even if it's just like, you know, in your notebooks in class, how close are you now in 2022 to like the music you actually want to be making? Now I'm, I'm fully making the music I want to make because I would say the early version of myself, which was not even really music I was releasing because I had like a pretty solid chunk of years where I was just in a studio in Montreal, like behind the scenes, kind of just working on my craft. And a lot of the stuff I was making early on in my 20s was like, it was kind of just just making records for the sake of making records, up-tempo stuff, party records, club type stuff. And then I would say over the last like five years is when I started writing from my heart and soul, like things I actually wanted to speak about and things that meant something to me. So at this point in time, and at least from dating back to the last five years, I would say I'm making the music that I truly always wanted to make and, and stuff that is me as an open book, raw, authentic, cards on the table type of vibe. Yeah, no, it, it comes to, I'm assuming just, I mean, I, I saw the comments on like your uh, YouTube page. I'm assuming the response has been better since you probably made that shift. Oh, abs absolutely, 100%. Because now I'm, I'm fully being myself and I'm giving people the most unfiltered raw version of myself because that's the only, that's the only version of myself I'd want to be recognized for, you know what I mean? And there's, there's a lot of people that get caught up in just making stuff that's not them. And then if you get stuck in that loop, you know, you kind of have to, you're, you're stuck there. So if I'm, if I'm going to get on in any type of way, it's going to be for who I am and what I stand for. So I'm, I'm definitely very proud of, of the music I'm making. Yeah, respect it. Nice, man. And on that note, with regard to feedback, um, I feel like for artists or just any independent creator of any sort who's coming up, you tend to feel a bit more vulnerable and self-conscious about your craft. Like obviously, you know, we're creating this podcast and we're not going to be perfect. We're never going to be perfect. And certain feedback might hit different if it comes from X amount of people. I also make music as well. And um, as someone who's clearly not famous or quote unquote made it, that feedback sometimes can be uh, annoying or even piss you off. So just curious how you handle that, how you've handled that over the years and like what your approach is moving forward. I think, I think the best way is to like acknowledge when someone's giving you like constructive criticism, when they're actually looking out for you and they're just giving like their solid two cents. And when people are kind of just like, talking shit for no reason because when you put the minute you put yourself out there on the internet you're inviting every and any kind of opinion you know what i mean and especially yeah. like when you participate in different platforms like for instance i just started going like heavy on the tiktok grind oh, nice. and you, i feel like tiktok is the most wild west like <laughs> platform there is you know what i mean like there's people that talk wild on that app so anytime you put yourself out there, there's going to be people that talk shit for the, for the sake of talking shit. But I've always been good at like 
realizing the line of when someone's like, hey, I, I'm actually just want to give you some like uh, constructive criticism on this. And I'm, I'm a student of the game at all times. So I'm always open to when someone has, you know, something to say that's beneficial and when they're being genuine. And then on the other side, when people are kind of just talking reckless, that's it, it kind of just deflects right off of me because at this point, I've been doing music for over a decade and I've had moments where I've had people say crazy shit and I and if you want any sort of long career in this game, you you can't really fold under that kind of pressure. So yeah. I, I, I take everything with a grain of salt when when I know people are just being idiots. And then when when people are being genuine and want to have a conversation and you know are talking about constructive criticism, I'm always open to it because as an artist and as a human we always can get better no matter what and yep. it's it just comes down to putting the pride and the ego away yeah yeah it's interesting that you say that too because i won't name any names but I, I know there's definitely a lot of big artists who will respond to that one comment in like a sea of a billion heart uh fire emojis and stuff and it's just interesting how some of these dudes could have like 10 grammys but like all it takes is one random dude in like Wisconsin to be like, oh, he fell off or something. And then yeah, just pressing them so hard. And I feel like it's almost a disrespect to the fan base they have because you have so many people showering you in compliments and and appreciating your work. And those are the people that should be getting the responses, that should be, you know, right. getting the time That's of day. Right. And it's mm -hmm. yet yeah, like you said, it's the one guy in his basement in, in Wisconsin talking shit that gets all the reaction, all the attention, and you're essentially giving them what they want. So Anytime I've had a negative comment, I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm not even going to play into this because there's five or 10 other comments of people showing love. And those are the people that I'm actually building with. So they deserve any type of energy I'm going to give to social media. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's the way a, I look at it, at least, you know? That's great advice. Because um, I, I know just like you, there's uh, up and coming artists where I've been like, yo, I love this song or whatever. And it, it means a lot when they respond. They're like, thanks, bro. Like watch out for my next release or something yeah for sure and and that's how like i've built like my core community that i have at this at this time like i'm the type if somebody comments i'm jumping in the dms and talking with them and i'm not just replying with one emoji or something like i want to like i want to ask them what about the song kind of like yes. got to them what what it was you know i like building legit relationships and there's so many of my early followers where I know them on a first last name basis and what they're up to in life. You know, I, it's really about like that fan by fan, brick by brick mentality and nurturing those relationships along the way, especially when you're doing it like very DIY and independent. hundred percent. Totally dude. I like, I like that approach a lot. So like for yourself, cause I'm, I'm, I'm assuming again, you've been doing this for a minute now. What are some actual like goals you have for yourself, be it this year or like the next five, like, what are you trying to achieve? Uh, and what are some of those goals you don't mind sharing? So this year, like I plan to release part two of my album in the summer. So there's certain goals like I want to hit in terms of I want to get um, I want to get my streaming up on, on certain platforms and just like stuff like that. But I guess you could take that a surface level in terms of the numbers. But I want to beef the numbers up just sure. to have more people on onto the project and and have more exposure than I did in part one of the album. Um, I definitely want to get on the road in, in some way or form. I want to get back to playing shows because pre-pandemic, I was playing shows pretty frequently. Oh, really? That's dope. Yeah, I was, I, I was like playing on some good like opening slots and, and, and stuff like that. So I want to get back to really kind of uh, 
going on like tours and stuff like that and really grinding out the road because that's like an amazing way of building. You know, I'm, I'm still a, a big believer of like, you know, playing a lot of shows, word of mouth, like still doing that boots to ground work that a lot of people might think are the more old school templates, you know, like shaking hands in person. I know it's obviously social media is a big part, but that that one-on-one -on -one interaction and actually, you know, showing face is still very important. So just getting back to playing shows and, you know, getting back to events and stuff like that and ju just reaching more people, you know what I mean? I feel like any any year I can look back on where the, the numbers are, are are doing better and there's more people tapped in, that's that's a W, you know what I mean? Big facts. So yeah. it's wild, man, because we take it for granted here in the States, especially me in Florida, like, dude, the pandemic really lasted in Florida for like five months. And like, I know you guys were just like in another lockdown just a couple months ago. So yeah, like, it's been crazy the, here. Yeah, dude, so like, just explain like how the pandemic has affected you personally, music-wise, like how these last almost, dude, it's like almost fully two years, like in a couple of days now. So how's it affect you guys? Perfect. Yeah, I would I would say in terms of yeah, like shows obviously is the one thing. Like my last show was December of 2019. Wow. And it's been tough because every time, like, at least where I'm at, like in Quebec, every time we open up, it's a very small window of like a month or less, and then we shut down again because they were just kind of teeter-tottering on like what's yeah. what's right and what's not and this and that and their whole politics of things so it's been wild in terms of like getting back to a normal schedule of getting to play shows and getting back to things even like crossing the border right because from going from canada to the states the last couple of years has been pretty crazy it's kind of only now where it's becoming a bit more lenient but the last like in the beginning of it up to a year, it was like brutal. There was no chance. Right. So I guess just, you know, getting back and forth across the border, stuff like that. Um, but one of the benefits is like, just kind of getting to really lock down in studio mode. You know what I mean? Cause when, when everything's open, you're, you're here and you're there, you're going to events, you're out a lot. But the first like six months to the year of the pandemic, I was like, I was recording Nice. every single day because i got the studio at home so i didn't have to leave or go anywhere so there there's you know ups and downs with it but i chose to find more of the of the benefits in it than like oh fuck we're locked down this this is shit you know what i mean yeah, 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 yeah. it sucks yeah. but i i was like i'm gonna dig deep find the silver lining and everything and, and and be as productive as i can to still say you know what we made the best of it yeah I agree with that, dude. I feel like it's almost like we've mentioned before on the pod and just like everyone kind of has like, if you couldn't find whatever kind of sparks your inner purpose during these two years, then you probably never even had one to begin with. Like, you know, yeah, it's, there was just so much time. And, you know, I, I obviously understand like, you know, some people like they deal with mental health struggles and it, it wasn't the best for them. And, and it's, it's kind of crazy because at the beginning of 2020, that's when I started to go my hardest. And it's crazy. The the year that the world fell apart was my best year, like musically, which is crazy. Yeah, so, yeah. but but that just goes to what you were saying. Like, you got to find like that thing that you want to do, and like use that time as like you can treat it like it's your full time gig because everyone had to stay home. So it's the one time you get to take your craft and actually treat it like you've kind of made it. You're doing it full time, and that's what I did. I just treated like every day like 
oh, I'm, I'm, I'm there already because I'm, I'm, I get to wake up every day and, and record because mm. I didn't have to go to like my nine to five job at the time. Yeah, totally. Um, and in terms of that in your creative process and everything, like, was it a, a situation where you were banging out like 20 song ideas within a day or do you have like two songs that you'd work over, work on over like a span of like three weeks? Like how, how are you managing all of, uh, this flow of ideas? So for me, I'm, I write more than I record. Like for me to record, I like to, I'm the type that instead of just like trying to bang out songs, I'm more into like recording like one or two really solid songs a day in terms of like, I know my vocals are at the best peak. Everything's good because I get to this point in my head where I'm like, if I start to get like just song three, four, I'm like, oh, I feel like now it's kind of the energy's dying. So I would rather just put my energy into one or two very well put together records every day, but I'm always writing. So I was writing like crazy and I was making it like a goal to at least put together at least one song a day, but even more into the videos because me and my cousin, we live like a block away from each other. And when the pandemic was in the height, we would like meet each other outside and pretty much our neighborhood and city was our playground. Nobody was outside. So we shot so many like rogue music videos because we had nothing but time and nobody to really like, oh, you can't film here and this and right. that because nobody's outside. So it was like the city was our like wide music video set. So I was doing at least one song a day writing a few songs a day and we were shooting videos like two to three times a week that's wild dude like yeah. that's like grinding dude shout out to y'all that's awesome yeah 2020 was was uh foot on the gas pedal like crazy <laughs> and who was who's coming up with like the the video concept ideas was it a, a tag team effort or he was doing it or how, how did that work out it, it's usually a like a tag team effort like pretty much like me and my cousin like like i said since we live so close to each other we'll always hang out couple times a week and we'll just kind of sit there have a couple drinks smoke a joint and we'll just think about different ideas and most of the time i'll show him like new things i record and i kind of let him like if, if i have like four or five songs to show him i'll i'll play through them and i'll kind of take his lead on what he feels like oh we got to do a video for that mm. we got to do a video for that and it'll it'll always start with like him coming up with like a few ideas for a concept maybe like a few opening shots and then we kind of just like spitball back and forth until we have a full video. And then there's been times where we just pull up to a location and we're like, let's just film and, and, and see what happens. Like my videos are still pretty simplistic. So they're pretty like simple DIY. So sometimes we'll have like a very full written pre-planned concept. And then sometimes it'll be like rogue go with the flow type of vibe. Gotcha. Yeah, but that minimalistic approach right now just kind of just seems like it kind of also goes with the music. Cause like, it's not like, it's kind of like, it, it goes one to one, right? Like, it's not like you're talking about some like turn up rage shit. And then yeah, sitting absolutely. in front of a tennis court, like just sit talking, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 100%. <laughs> and honestly, like even from like the more business standpoint, until like you got crazy revenue coming in, you don't need to be blowing bags on a music video. Like I'm already very lucky enough that my cousin invested in his own setup and stuff. Like, mm. cause I understand like there's some artists that don't have access to the kind of camera and gear I do. Like there's some artists who are shooting on iPhones. Like right. I used to do way back and like, I respect that too. So I'm happy that I'm at the point now where I have a, you know, 
uh, a great access to gear and shit, but we still keep it simple because there's no need to like spend like five grand on props and locations and this right. and that, you know, I yeah. feel like you can capture a lot DIY and for pretty cheap before you have to kind of get crazy with videos. And there's still major artists who are going simple with their videos to this mm -hmm. day. So yeah. it's not yeah. really needed. Like once in a while, if you have an extravagant idea, I get it. But I feel like until things are really moving like that, it's probably not the best place where you should be putting all of the, the money, you know, like, especially yeah. when you can be throwing it in like digital marketing and things right. that are going right, to put right, you right, in right, front right. of more people. Yeah, we could definitely concur with that for sure. Yeah, I would say for me, my two, my favorite videos thus far that I mean, that I caught up when I was online for you was, dude, what's the name of the song that you like, you named it after the famous Canadian tennis player? Oh, yeah, Jeannie Bouchard. Bro, it's just uh -huh. fire. Like, it's just, it's so simple, but it's just fire. Dog. I appreciate like, just, that. Yeah, 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 that one was dope, bro. Cause I was like, yo, like, I think this is about yeah, an I had actual to look person. Her up. And yeah, I had to look her up, but she's fine as yeah. fuck. I'd make a song about her. Um, but yeah, dude, that was, that was a dope <laughs> one, dude. That was definitely a dope one. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's crazy because she ended up hearing the song and, and shouting it out. So it was cool. Oh, really? Oh, for Yeah, real? so pretty oh, much I, I put that out last, uh, last year in like May. And then one day, it was in July. Um, it was like the day before me and my cousin were taken off to like celebrate with a bunch of people for his birthday. And um, I got like, my Twitter started going crazy. And I'm like, why is my Twitter going crazy? Like I look on Twitter and someone's like, yo, Jeannie Bouchard just like shouted you out on, on her Twitter. And I went to her page and she shared the song. Oh, that's she was like, yo, this is, this is crazy. She's like, can I be in the music video? <laughs> So, yeah, that's uh, a way to get in the DMs. Hell yeah. yeah. Super <laughs> creative way. Yeah, she ended up showing love. And then uh, Yahoo uh, Sports and Sport Bible like wrote articles about it. And it, 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 it sent the streams going crazy. So that was like my first like viral moment. It was pretty cool. Was that intentional? Like, did you think in the back of your head at all, like she might You know what's crazy? And I, and I shit you not. The, the day before I put the song out, I told I told my, my team, I was like, she is going to hear this song one way or another. I have faith that this song will make it to her, whether it's us tweeting it at her or sending it to her or just like the universe putting it out there. And I don't know how it got to her to this day, but two months after the release, it got there. So I'm super grateful for it. But I, before it came out, I was like, she's going to hear it. I, I have a feeling she's going to hear the song at some point. Dude, that's so it was sick. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That, that 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 had to be a great feeling, dude. Yeah, so that's definitely we're happy for you for that. It was dope um, for so sure. That's the hometown showing love, which is always great. There was one line in your song that was like the hometown doesn't fuck with me though, like something around that extent. Um, so like, were you talking about Montreal, or you were you talking about Toronto, or just like Canada in general? I was talking about Montreal for sure because I feel like in terms of the the last few years of me really put, like leaning into my artistry, I wasn't really involved in the Toronto scene. So I don't expect like Toronto just to be like, oh yeah, we, we claim and we know about him because mm -hmm. I wasn't really involved in that community to be fair. But with Montreal, I feel like I've been, I've been grinding more locally here more than ever over the last couple of years, like three to five years. So I was talking about Montreal for sure because it's a very interesting scene. And obviously it's a tough scene for like a, a fully English artist because of the the uh, the language politics and everything that kind of goes on here. And Joey even kind of touched up on yeah, yeah, that's what the, the state of the Montreal that. scene. You know what I mean? It's 
it's uh it's a bit weird here it's like it, it it didn't really have like it hasn't had its toronto moment where it's you know they're embracing their talent now like there was a point in time where toronto didn't really claim their artists because there was nobody really doing it at like a big level and then obviously when drake opened up the floodgates everybody wanted to recognize toronto and get on their artists early in montreal i feel like the city doesn't really uh get behind their artists in the very like uh, early phases even when they start to get like a, a solid buzz mm. and there's artists who are already like well on their way who are starting to chart on like uh billboard and radio that aren't even comfortable with taking risks of playing like a hometown show yet which is crazy to think because you would think they would be ready to sell out a venue and, and take that leap but montreal's just not hitting like that so it was kind of just a i guess a, a little shot a shot at the at the lack of participation in the city that 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 us artists from here feel sometimes so is that like obviously you just you, i mean not just but you you moved out there does that make you like all right let me fucking keep doing my thing so they finally give me love or like in the back of your head or at the forefront you're like yo I got, at some point i gotta fuck out of here if i want to make it because like they're not showing me love you mean in regards to me going from Toronto to Montreal? Well, or? no, like knowing that Montreal for the past, like you've been there for six years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in those six years, you really haven't gotten the love that you maybe deserve from the, the actual grind and being like almost like a, you know, a local product. Does that challenge you? Like, yo, I need to prove to them that I'm the shit or like maybe this isn't going to be my forever place. Like I got to maybe go somewhere else. For sure. On more the side of it's not my forever place. Like one thing that I will never do that I see so many artists in Montreal get caught up in is having to like prove themselves to Montreal because I feel like when when an artist has that state of mind they're in this vicious cycle loop you know what I mean I got nothing to prove to the city of Montreal I would rather go where the people are and expand and that kind of plays into what I was saying earlier in terms of like uh the power of the internet allows you to put yourself out there in so many different places especially when you're digitally digitally marking with ads and everything you can cover a lot of different ground that can go way beyond your 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 city you reside in your hometown so for me it's about just getting myself out to a wide audience no matter where they're from and just going where the people are you know what i mean i feel like i'm a bit of a of a nomad in terms of my like identity to a certain city you know, I, I have great relationships that I've made in the city of Montreal and even in Toronto. And I appreciate like, a, a, I appreciate a city more for the people I meet there, not for the actual, like, you know, the scene and the social clicks and all that type of shit, because there's a social click in Montreal, just like there is in every city. And I, I would rather put my effort into just going where the people are rather than jumping up and down, trying to get the, uh, the, uh, the approval of, of one community. I respect that. Speaking of uh, audiences, if, if you were able to just like handpick a bunch of big headliners that you could open up for, like who, who would you think would be a prime opportunity for you to kind of expand your uh, fan base overnight? Like any artist? Yeah, any, any, in any group. It could be like five, 10, just like who, who you think to yourself, damn, if, if only I could get in front of their audience, like this, that I would change the game for my fan base. I would say a couple off the top. I would say, uh, I would say like Kid Cudi mm. because he talks about like a lot of real shit that, that people go through. And 
a lot of my music is writing about the human experience. So I feel like in terms of striking a chord with people and with that kind of vulnerable music, Kid Cudi, um, I would say maybe even like a, a Drake, you know, because I, I feel like there's a certain part of my music that has that, that mainstream appeal. Sure. But, but one thing about both of those artists that, that meet in the middle is they, they speak from very honest places. So I would say those two artists and any artist that just has that kind of open book type of music that really puts themselves on the line, you know what I mean? There's a lot of, you know, artists in the game that just wouldn't hit my market because they're, they're talking about like a more upper echelon lifestyle or something. And don't get me wrong, Drake does that, but Drake still has that very centered part to him where he's gonna still tell you about his feelings. So I would say yeah. like the Drakes, the Cuddies, and, and and just the kind of artists that really uh, wear their heart on their sleeves. Nice. Yeah, another one, um, I mean, I think a lot of this uh, resemblance with the cover art that we were talking about was, or a couple of the cover arts was, um, it had a similar minimalistic style to Russ. I don't yeah. know if that was the inspiration Russ behind sure a, a couple of those. I, I respect Russ a lot too. He's definitely someone that has uh, given me a lot of good uh, gems through the interviews that I've watched from him. He's definitely a, a spokesperson for the, for the independent artist. So nice. he's definitely someone who I really appreciate in terms of his grind and, and everything he's done. And I, and I fuck with his music heavy. So yeah, Russ for sure too, that'd be good as well. That's a, that's a good one to, to throw in there without a doubt. Yeah. So you mentioned Cuddy and uh, and Drake. So for you, again, maybe something sparked in your head in 07. We were like, you know, writing raps. Like, what were the inspirations before that to even get you thinking about like making music? Uh, early on, honestly, like my introductory to everything was was Eminem, and then through Eminem, it was even though Eminem was the first like rapper I really started to listen to heavily, I kind of appreciated him more for what he put me on to, you know, uh, you know, Dre, and then going back on NWA, uh, getting put onto Obi Trice, 50 Cent, and then everybody that's kind of under that umbrella, you know what Damn, I mean? I forgot about Obi Trice, though. Obi Trice, yeah, Obi, <laughs> Obi Trice and Eminem used to link up for the craziest, like, collaborations. Yeah, I think I like, bought an Obi Trice album once. That's how good he was, like, back Yeah, then. the song uh, Drips is like one of my like favorite like Eminem Obi Trice songs. They're like just talking crazy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I kind of like the floodgates that Eminem opened up for me. So Eminem, like that was my introductory point. And then like early 2000s, I went on this like crazy, like like Southern wave because that's what was running the game. Okay. You know, Ludacris, uh, Lil Jon, um, uh, what's that? Is it D4? There's this, uh, you know, the song Laugh D4L, Attack? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, that, they were like, they were running shit at the time. It was like a very southern wave before, like, mm -hmm. the new school, like, southern wave came up, like, yeah. in the 2010s. But so I would say I was listening to like all of that stuff. But what really inspired me to like step into my artistry and really go for it, like, other than Asher Roth, like, giving me that kind of like uh, boost to go for it, is like. Uh, is the Kid Cuddies, the Drakes, mm. that freshman class, Charles Hamilton, Wale, mm. all of that, that early, like the 2010 and on, like the, the artists that sparked like the, the 09 movement and took over like 2010 and onward kind yeah. of thing. Mm -hmm. For sure. That's a good list, bro. It's a good list of people. It's wild though, because I remember it was like 
New Year's Eve 2010 going into 2011, and I I just found Charles Hamilton Brooklyn Girl. Doug, I yeah. took the ox court at that party and played that shit like a thousand times. Bro, they were like, yeah. change the song. That song, like, went, that, <laughs> that song went crazy when it dropped. That that rang off like crazy. Yeah. He was supposed to be like the next big artist. Yeah, he really was, dude. Yeah. He, like, was, just, he was supposed to have like a crazy career in front of him. And I, I don't know what happened, honestly. Like he he dealt with some, I know he definitely dealt with some mental health issues and sure. he was going mm-hmm. through some things. And he had some, a few hot takes that kind of set him back with like the hip hop community. Like there was that whole thing where with the Jay Dilla thing where he was like, Jay Dilla spoke to me and told me to like, do this and that and it just didn't sit right it was people the right way yeah yeah it took kind of a left field but i think also he just didn't keep going with that commercial appeal Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. like i think when your first hits that big it's like yeah like follow that up when when that song dropped i think people are like he's going to keep dropping these kind of records and i just don't think that's where his heart was but he, he he had a few songs in between in the last like five years or so that i listened to and i'm like you know regardless of the success and like the mainstream appeal that man's pen game has never went away like mm. he's he's definitely still has it but he's you know, he's obviously fell back and doing his thing on a more low-key note but in terms of a writer and a lyricist like he's that guy for sure so a question nice. for you and i'll let uh blur jump back jump in on this one as well so for you because obviously you even when we asked for the introduction you went led with songwriter first so like in a perfect world, do you enjoy being in front of the camera? Or it was like, yo, we'll put you on this label, we'll give you mad bread, and you're just gonna write for other artists. Like, which one actually like peaks like your excitement the most? Definitely being an artist where I'm, I'm, you know, where my message and my story's at the forefront. But I do songwriting too. Like that's that's my job at the moment. Mm. So I am doing stuff behind the scenes where I'm writing for different smaller artists and producers and doing like guest vocal work, but definitely where my passion and my heart is, it's, it's getting my story to be on the forefront and, and, and blowing that up for sure, without a doubt. Nice. And are you doing that uh, full-time? Yeah, full-time. And it's actually the, the pandemic that made me like step into that because before the pandemic, I was working like every kind of nine to five job you could think of. I was in the dish pit scrubbing dishes. I was stacking boxes in the factory. And just before the pandemic, like two to three years before the pandemic, I was working uh, at a tennis club, which was like a pretty chill job to have, like while you're pursuing your dream, because it was very laid back. I was doing like minimal, like grounds work, customer service type of shit. Mm -hmm. So when the pandemic hit, obviously everybody was you know forced to stay home and everyone got the chance to to test the waters with their craft as a full-time gig and that's what i did i started waking up every day and recording and writing every day and when my boss hit me up and was like hey it's time to come back i was kind of like nah i don't know how i feel about that like, i'm in <laughs> yeah. this i'm in this pocket where i'm starting to like get into that mode where i'm going like full-time energy and uh, a buddy of mine was already in this kind of network of producers where he was songwriting. He was, he was like a studio musician, like a session artist. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, you know, I can link you with these people. I think you'd be like really good at writing and this and that. Because other than just like rap music, I'm like, I've always had kind of a knack for like pop hooks and stuff like that. Like, I feel like I can go over the spectrum like pretty well. So I was like, yeah, link me up. You know what I mean? And 
he started to introduce me to some people and I would do it here and there for like small checks and stuff like that. Like very, just like a hook there, a song there. And then I started to think about it more. And I was like, I think I could do that full time. So I went back for one day to my nine to five job when the pandemic kind of let up and everyone could return to work. And I sat there and at the end of my shift, I just like, I'm like, this is, I've reached a ceiling here. This is not it anymore. And I like pulled my boss aside and I had like a very honest, open discussion with him. I was like, look, he already knew I was a musician and I was like going for my, my dream. And I was using that as like a, just like to pay my bills. And I was like, look, yeah. I feel like I've hit a, hit a ceiling here. I'm not, there's not much more raises I can get here. It's, it, it's kind of taken its toll. I'm like, I'm kind of, I feel like I would start resenting this job. So let me leave on a high note mm. and, and kind of go do my thing. And then he was like, you know what? I respect that. I feel that. And uh, after that day, I left the job. I hit on my buddy. I'm like, I'm ready to go full time with this shit. And he linked me with a few people. And I just started writing, songwriting and doing like uh, vocalist work full time. And it was good for me because it was the first time I truly bet on myself and like kind of stepped into the unknowing. And me personally, I feel like the one of the most healthy and progressive things that we can do as humans is step into the unknown, take those risks and, and, and stick your neck out there sometimes, you know what I mean? And it was the first time that I said, hey, I could start this tomorrow and not know if I'm paying rent next month, but I'm gonna take that gamble on myself. And it was like the first time I detached myself from comfort, comfort and knowing where my next paycheck was coming from. Because when you think about it, if you like when you have a nine to five job, there's no knock to anybody who does because I, I did it for like 12 years plus. Right, right. I mean, we're doing it now, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you for the most, you know where your next check is coming from. Yeah. You know on what day you're getting paid, how much you're getting paid. You know when you can purchase certain things, this and that. And I, yeah. I said, you know what? I did that 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 grind for so long. And as an artist, I want to kind of just take a leap into having to wake up and hustle and really go for it. And that's what it is on this grind. Because when you're songwriting and working in different sessions for artists and shit like that, you have to make sure you're networking and seeking the work just as much as you're getting offers. So it made me wake up and say, I gotta go get it today. I'm, I'm not just going to the for sure thing. I actually have to go create opportunities. So it kind of made me tap into that entrepreneurial type of vibe. So I, pre I appreciate it because it, it made me build a better routine and structure for myself and actually wake up with, you know, a bit more of a drive instead of dragging my feet to the place I knew where I was going to get my check from every every two weeks kind of thing. So and, and that also helped me in my in my personal music because now I'm like, OK, I got to wake up every day. I got I got to write the song today. I got to get this cover art done. I got to send this off to the engineer. I got to shoot the video today because we got to, you know, pitch it this day. So it, it put an extra like pep in my step, you know, type of vibe. Nice. Good for you, bro. It's amazing. No, it's super impressive. Um, and I, I always think that's kind of the uh the gift of this pandemic is it forced a lot of people to reevaluate their lives and say, fuck it, it's short. I'm just going to do what makes me happy, even if it's tough. Um, so kudos to you for being one of those people. I'm sure uh, any listeners who are considering leaping into whatever it is, even if it's not music, who aren't sure if they should do it, I would say just do it. Obviously, obviously if you have a family to feed or something, maybe it's not that simple. But um, in any case, I think every human being should 
take the time to pursue their dreams. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But at the end of the day, knowing that you tried something, um, I think is very important. Um, but in terms of your uh, day in the life, is that is it pretty consistent, or is there like a routine of like, hey, there's you know, I'm I'm doing hooks like every Monday or beats, you know, this day. How how does that look, or are you kind of working with these individuals and and they're telling you what they need and you you work with that? Yeah, so pretty much how it's set up for me now is like usually a, a day in the life for me. I usually like to get to my work like right in the morning. I like to just tackle everything from the from the top of the day. So, yeah, it, it usually is most of the time when I'm working like contract to contract. It's producer saying, "Hey, look, I have like a, a pop singer that wants this kind of vibe," and they'll send me a bunch of references, and I'll just cook up like two to three reference tracks, send it their way, and it's just going like back and forth until you know we come to the common ground of what they want. Mm. But it's usually, yeah, it's usually, um, lately it's been like writing full records from the ground up. So it's definitely a little bit more time consuming. Sometimes it's just a hook and it's, uh, you know, a couple hours of work. But lately, in the last like few months, it's been like start to finish full, like coming up with the records from the ground up. So it's like a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of back and forth. Um, contracts are lasting a lot longer than kind of just jumping from you know, one, one contract to another. So yeah, it's, it's mostly like full songwriting these days, but in terms of like the routine that I have, like, I like to get my work done as early as I can. I I've kind of, I used to be like a night owl and I still am at, at some moments, but I try to like, I try to kind of go with the mind state. Like you, uh, you win the morning, you win the day type of vibe. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. So I'll get my work done right away. And then I, I feel like if I get my work done, that's more time to work on the Matt Young project mm. and kind of nice. ride that out for the rest of the day. So yeah, work always at the top of the morning. And yeah, lately it's been like a lot of full, full songs from the ground up. Nice, that's man. Awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's good too, because it, it, it also challenges me and it, it, it keeps putting my pen to the test, which obviously always comes back to my work. So it's beneficial, even though I'm writing songs that aren't really on brand for me it still like keeps me very sharp so i can bring that sharpness back into my my personal projects right and are you in in terms of your career like do you have a desired level of recognition or fame because i know some people you know they want to be the the biggest artist ever since drake or michael jackson or whoever you want to name where some others are like you know what i just want to make this a long lasting career for the rest of my life, but I don't necessarily need the Grammys or something like just curious what your aspirations are when you think, I don't know, five, 10 years from now or whatever. I would say I want to reach a lot of people just for the sake of, I want my music to touch as many people as possible in terms of helping them. You know what I mean? Like I write music for myself and my own therapy and, and my own expression, but the added bonus and, and, and the other, motive is I want people to to find something positive within it you know if they can relate to it and it can help them then that's that's even better so I definitely want to take it as as big as I possibly can you know what I mean um as long as people are really connecting to the message in my music whatever size that fan base looks like I'm I'm super content with because I'd rather have a very locked in core fan base than 
maybe a bunch of followers, but be more of like a an artist that has casual fans. So yeah. if that was if if having a dedicated, truly engaged fan base meant like I'm doing like small three to five hundred cap rooms, but consistently, then at least I'm really speaking to those people. So I want to take it as as big as I can, but only if the people are truly tapped into what I'm saying. I feel I like that. that I like that. Uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, we're fans, so we can give you uh, an, an idea of like where our, at least my head went when I listened to your, your track. So um, for me personally, I love the uh, the first track off the project, Enough Said. Uh, Same. Because like for me, the reason why I, I enjoy your music, because yeah, like anyone can put out, not anyone, but like, you know, when people put out bangers, it's like, it's hard to relate to that on a day-to-day basis. Like I gotta be in the mood for that, right? So yeah. when I'm listening to your stuff, like either at the gym or driving or just, you know, killing time at the crib, like it, it takes me to my point in time where I could relate to what you were going through. You know what I mean? Like, or at least what you were saying you were going through, right? Like I can remember about that girl who wouldn't hit me up or something or who uh, is, you know, like those times, you know what I mean? Like those are like, I think Drake had a great phrase, like, I'm trying to make the soundtrack to your life, right? Like that Absolutely. in particular, like took me back to a time like, man, I was going through that shit. That fucking chick didn't hit me. You know what I mean? Like, so like, I yeah. can really go uh, appreciate that track. I think that just like goes to your artistry. So if you have maybe 500 to 1,000 fans like that, you know, one day, like at least you know people are engaged and can like relate. It's not just some throwaway song that, yeah, I could pop my head to, but like, man, I don't know what the fuck you're saying. Oh, I can't relate to your shit. So like, you don't really mean yeah. that much to no, I agree with that because the things I'm speaking about in my music, they're they're also very specific to certain things that we all feel. So there's obviously time and place for bangers and, and everything like that, but there's only a few settings where you can really listen to bangers. And right. you have to be like, either you're going hard at the gym or you're out on the town doing something crazy. But at least the last project I put out, you know, that is music you can drive to you know, on, on the metro commuting to work, when you're in your room alone, when you just came back and you're kind of in your head about something. So I feel like that last project can really resonate with people because there's so many different settings and times and places where you can throw that record on. Yeah. If it was just a, if it was just a record full of bangers, then maybe that's just going to be your, your soundtrack to your pre-drink or your, or your night out on the town. Yeah. But I feel like with that, that part one of my album that I put out, there's many different settings where you could throw that on. Totally agree. Yeah. So that's why like, I appreciate the work um, because yeah, it, it's, it, it transforms you either to like, it reminds you what you're going through today or at a time where I was like, damn, I was going through that shit. And like, this really kind of is how like the, like you said, it's a human experience. Like, I feel like uh, that's definitely more relatable. Um, obviously then like time will tell like how much more appeal it gets, but yeah, we definitely, at least I speak for myself in the pod, like, we definitely res- respect the artist that you put into that. Uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And it's really the subject matter too. And just coming from a genuine place, because now I would say over the last like few months for the first time ever in my musical journey, I'm getting like DMS from supporters. They're like, I, f- I feel like you wrote that song about what exactly what I'm going through. Nice. And that's like, to me, that's like the most amazing like message I could ever get. I don't care about, the extra shit like any any accolade you get is cool don't get me wrong right but when you start to get messages like that you start to see the greater purpose of what what music mm-hmm. actually serves so yeah. it's like it's shit like that that really that really strikes a chord with me and when someone can hit me up and say it feels like you 
wrote this song like tailored to my experience that's amazing stuff that's powerful for sure and it just goes to show too like how similar we are as human beings um and i think it's incredibly important for like an artist like yourself uh because a lot of people inevitably fans are going to look up to you and appreciate your talent and maybe it might even uh create this complex where they think you're you're unrelatable because you're so good or whatever the case is but when you tell those authentic stories they're like oh shit he's you know on and has fans and is making all this great music but he also has relationship issues or you know likes to drink when he's stressed out or whatever the case is so i think um that's what's what's dope about your music uh, especially enough said which i also really liked um and curious like it, it, with the ep and even that song like what was there a single event that that triggered these uh yeah, what's her name bro what, creative what process you? <laughs> so, yeah so pretty much that so the album like it's called living in my head again part one fear and lost love there's gonna obviously be a part two that's dropping in the summer so nice. the inspiration behind part one is a few relationships that i went through that really were defining relationships in my life mm. and it's pretty much it's a whole concept uh from the music to the visuals because if you noticed in the visuals like uh, enough said and like my other i don't know if you saw the video for the storm it's uh it's like that suit character with the blood and the cuts on my face so that represents like a very chaotic broken hearted down and out time in my life and the first part of the album those five songs on on that project are about being at the most defeated starting point of a breakup when you're down in the dumps when you feel like shit when you feel like there's no end in sight to how you're feeling and like everything reminds you of them like, yeah oh. but not just the heartbreak in itself the anxieties that come with it all of the the insecurities so that's what uh part one is touches up on a few very defining relationships in my life and then part two is going to lead into the the more healing process and kind of getting back on on your horse and and getting that confidence back nice. but is yeah a few, the... few pretty detrimental relationships is what sparked uh sparked part one of the album and i was just gonna say is, is the is part two is that where the the twerk club tracks come in the celebration part two, yeah so part two <laughs> is more of like uh finding your groove again and there's a whole uh aesthetic of character that's that's correlated to part two like how the the suit the torn up suit and blood on the face kind of bruised up character was in part one so it's the more up-tempo records more of the i guess you could say the bangers but what i will say even though they're more up-tempo confident records they're still very true to me and i'm still telling my story and they still speak from a place of 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 confidence and and telling people to to love yourself, appreciate yourself, and and to you know go to the mountaintops and talk your shit and, and believe in yourself. So I think it's the more motivation music and and uh, the, the the believe in yourself type of of approach. Nice, nice man. Yeah, yeah looking forward to that. You already have like a release date for that one. I'm thinking June. I don't know exactly what day in June, but for sure June because I have a whole like rollout from the music videos and uh, playing shows around that time. So. Uh, June for sure. I know in that month it's definitely gonna drop. Yeah, because I, I mean I've been in Quebec a couple of times to have some friends and family out there. I know like summertime in Canada is wild, fam. So like yeah, gotta summer, be out especially there. in Montreal. Like I've had I've had some good Toronto summers living there for a majority of my life, but Montreal 
in the summer is wild. It's it's a whole vibe. So like in the winter, it gets really everyone locks down and nobody right. wants any parts of anything. But in the summer, like anybody that that I've met from from the U.S. or anywhere else in the world and they visit Montreal in the summer, it, it leaves a lasting impression on them for sure. They have memories when they come to the city off of the summer vibe. Yeah, dude, I went, like, I was young too, man, maybe like 13, but I went to the jazz festival in July. Yeah. I was just like, this is crazy, dog. Like, everyone is just out drunk. Like, that's just- That's the thing. We have, like, we have the Grand Prix festival, uh, like the the race car, the NASC, uh, the Indy uh, cars that come. That's in June. That's a whole event. Then we have, like, Oshiega and a few other music festivals. So there's, like, a lot of, like, certain pinpoints in, the, in certain months where everyone's out wild and, and it brings people from all over to Montreal. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. My family's actually, uh, I have family from Mississauga, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. That's where that's where my parents live. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I used to go out there when I was younger. Um, and I'm from California, so to me, it was always, like, just that place that had snow and my aunt and a couple cousins. Yeah. Um, and I'm a dual citizen, even though I don't claim to to know a whole lot about Canada, but it definitely holds <laughs> a, a special place in my part. I need a uh, heart. I need to go back there soon, though. Shout out to 905. You know, that's the, that's the hometown of Party Next Door. You know, it's produced some big talent. Yeah. Nice. I didn't know that. Shout out Mississauga, for sure. Nice. All right, man. So before we get out of here, I want everyone to ask you about some, like, current events, man. So, like, you taking a step back, removing yourself from, you know, writing from other people or you yourself as the artist. Like, who do you see or, like, what movement do you see as, like, the next big thing in music? Like, just, like, you're like, wow, this artist or this kind of artist really is just, like, what we're going to see the next couple of years. I honestly think we're in a place where that 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 real rap type shit's coming back you know what i mean like the i feel like j cole and the kendricks they 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 set it up so the the new generation of artists could could take from that obviously you're you're always gonna have your your like that kind of auto-tune mainstream type shit but like you look at like jid um even, I don't even there's this uh this artist that's coming up now is I think his name's Christopher Patrick. He's crazy too. And he's starting to blow up. But I feel like the I feel like lyrics and and that real rap is starting to come back. And even even on like the the whole vibe of I feel like records don't aren't are not gonna need like a full melodic approach to blow up. Like even like look at Jack Harlow. He has melodic records, but uh, what's popping? That that new shit he dropped, Nail Tech. It's just it's it's just rap. Even right. the choruses are rap. So I feel like we're getting to a point where uh, maybe it's more about the lyrics, and you don't need just the this the the usual melodic template anymore to make a hit record. So I feel like people might be diving more into the substance of what people are saying. Hmm. Hope so. Yeah, yeah. Because we we've, we've spoken about a lot on the pod. Like it's just. Sometimes it gets scary about like, you know, you hope it becomes that, but then you see like all these like other artists that all they want to talk about is just like gang shit, street shit. And it's like, and then we get shocked when they get killed. It's like, well, we keep consuming yeah. this shit. So like, what do you think they're going to keep rapping about, you know? Absolutely. I feel like when you can be vulnerable about, you know, the shit that's really going on in your life, 
rather than having to portray something. And for some, for some artists, they're really going through that shit. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, it's a breath of fresh air when you can look at an artist who might seem like oh they they it looks like they might come from some crazy shit, but they're actually trying to talk about something more deeper than that. You know, they don't yeah. want to just they don't want to just be pinpointed to that, and they they see a greater purpose. Totally agree. I feel like yeah. even even in a way like artists even like uh 21 savage and shit like yeah he has bangers and shit but he also talks about wanting to kind of rise up above some of the things he's been through you know what i mean and i just appreciate when someone from you know like a, a different walk of life where they they might have come from a very uh brutal place or some a uh, place of tension and they don't really just always talk about that they, they yeah. talk about wanting to to move on to bigger and better things, you know, you got to respect that. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think as a consumer, that's, that's what I really respect is the authenticity, but also like the different sides of the story. Cause, um, I, I don't know. I feel like with drill, like I definitely like enjoy some drill music just cause of the, the energy and the vibe. And like, of course, yeah, it, it it's, sounds it's good. It's on like, and it's, yeah. it's easy to just like get right into the zone. on. Right. But yeah. then I can't, I'm like conflicted because part of me knows there's some real shit happening behind it that obviously won't affect me. So it's like hard yeah. for the average listener to be uh, sympathetic or whatever. But um, I think it's important that every artist kind of, if they are speaking about something that may be negative to kind of speak on the other side of things, just so that the, the influence on the young minds isn't as uh, one-sided. Um, and I think people appreciate like Jack Harlow too, or people like him because of his, his personality and, and just like not taking himself too seriously. I think that's another important aspect, um, as well, at least for the artists that I, I like, I think that's why Drake in certain aspects, uh, became popular. Granted, like a lot of times, sometimes that, or a lot of times that will, lead to like the corny label or whatever if you're not yeah. put it mean mug in the camera and talking shit all day but at, at the end of the day like the fans will really choose right um their hero or, or so to speak so um, absolutely and you could tell a guy like jack harlow he knows who he is mm -hmm. and when you know who you are you can you can you can be yourself at all times you know what i mean right yeah that's 100%. definitely it's definitely important Cool, man. Um, I did want to ask, like, just as a, unless there's anything you want to bring up um, before we get to that, if you have any last words or advice for the listeners, obviously you're an uh, accomplished um, creative in this space, which is incredibly hard for anyone to say. So kudos again to you. Um, but for someone that. who's like thinking of pursuing this or is in the middle of it, but struggling, like what key things would you want to, leave with them keywords i would say first and foremost if you're going to take any leap into anything creative make sure it's the most honest and true representation of who you are mm. because it would be a shame if you hindered who you were or dimmed your own light like always be yourself always give the most raw uncut unapologetic version of yourself because that's what people are going to fall in love with the real genuine authentic version of you always be yourself and just continue to put shots up jump shots every single day that's what that's what gets people there you know 
I see so many people talk about luck and you have to be in this place at that time. I'm, I'm, I'm the artist and the person that says, fuck that. I go the opposite way. I say self-belief, hard work and showing up every day is going to get you to where you want to be. You know what I mean? So stay true to who you are. Make people fall in love with the person you really are. Show up every single day and keep knocking on that door. That's what I would say. Amazing words, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm inspired. I'm about to drop like four more episodes tonight. Fuck I know, shit. Saying. I know. I was going to take a nap after this, but I'm, I'm staying up all night. That's what it's all <laughs> who's, who's next in Canada? I'm going to fucking pod tonight. Like, this <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, Matt, man, we appreciate you. Let the people know where they can uh, check you out, your socials, uh, and obviously where you got coming up next. Yeah, so pretty much it's uh, the next big project for me is the summertime, Living in My Head Again, part two, The Bounce Back. That's the, the name of the project. Expect that in June of this summer, 2022. And uh, Matt Young, M-A-T-T-Y-O-N-G, Y-O-N-G-E, sorry, on every platform from Spotify, Apple, Instagram, Google it, you'll find me. Amazing, dude. Yeah, we'll put Perfect. all the links on the on the YouTube page and the uh, Instagram post as well. My God, we appreciate you. Definitely uh, stay on before while we say our goodbyes. Um, but yeah, man, we definitely appreciate you. Great fucking message. Like sometimes you again, some, we didn't. There's not much out there at the surface level, but dude, diving deeper into your socials and just getting to know you now for the past hour, man, dude. Great individual, man. And we'll, again, if we're ever in uh, Montreal, Toronto, we'll definitely come kick with you for sure. Maybe not go yeah. fishing, but we'll hang out. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yep, thoroughly impressed. Appreciate it. Um, as far as this content, you can get it on all platforms, www.audio-theory.com. And as Danny mentioned, all of Matt Young's socials and everything will be in the YouTube description box. But otherwise, tune into the next episode. Really appreciate you. Matt, peace. Appreciate Glad you, you guys, man. Peace. Wow.